in the elite category. He was fantastic for a long time, but he didn't. Well, he didn't only excel at one sport. He also excelled at uh, tennis as well yes. and tennis coaching, yep. um, you know. I'm sure he can go through all that with us. And uh, we are talking about the former Melbourne captain and he ended up coaching them for a few games. Uh, that's Todd Viney. G'day, Todd. Yeah, good morning. Or well, not good morning. Good Could be. Where are you? Where are you, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in Europe in Monte Carlo. Oh, oh, yeah, how's the weather over there? <laughs> No, I wish I was. Say, <laughs> so long day on the farm, mate. No, I'm a bit delirious. Oh, I'm now dehydrated. You might be. Now, how have you uh, you taken this week, mate? Uh, a bit happening at your old footy club. Well, I reckon things happen in threes. So, uh, yeah, we lost two games, and uh, and all of a sudden we've had a few uh, players decide to get into a bit of a push and shove at the wrong time, and. Um, disappointing but hopefully that's the three in a row and we can get on and start rebounding and start getting back to some of that premiership form we showed last year yeah, Todd it was here mate um, Melbourne won the flag that last year and it's, I'm, a no- I'm a North man so it, again. it meant nothing really to me but what what I did enjoy was uh, you being surprised with the cup and that footage of you uh, at your house there being surprised with the premiership cup that was uh, pretty special it was. It was bloody exciting. Um, I read some somewhere on some of the social media sites that it was all staged, but no, it was uh, it was Richie Ditch. <laughs> I was, uh, uh, if I'd have known it was going to happen, I would have put on a good pair of tracksuit pants. But, um, <laughs> no, it was uh, Jack Teddy was coming up for the weekend, which was great. It was the first time we'd seen him since all the the COVID you know lockdowns and the grand final. So. He managed to come up with his wife, uh, Charlotte, and baby Miller, and we were just about to have a champagne to celebrate, you know, the, the grand final, etc. And we turned around, he brought out the cup, which was, which was a nice, nice touch. Oh, very oh, nice. That is and oh, just before we get on to too much footy, your uh, your tennis <laughs> side of things, you you must be sort of pretty impressed with uh, Rafa and winning another uh, clay court open. No, it's just amazing. Like I am a bit of a bit of a tennis nut, um, having played a lot as a junior. And I've got, in fact, I had Darren Cale, who's the uh, probably the, one of the best coaches in the world of tennis. He's coached three world number ones: Blake Hewitt, Simona Halep, and Andre Agassi. He uh, he came up to the farm today to say hello. So Ooh. I still have a lot of friends in that tennis world and. To watch Rafa continue to do what he's doing, and obviously under a bit of duress, he's got a bit of a crook foot at the moment. But to win 22 Grand Slams at the age of years is just an amazing effort, and you know to win 14 is just sort of you can't really get your head around. I read something today where John McEnroe said uh, if he's if he's ever alive to see him, I'd win 14 French Opens. He'll we do handstands for the entire match. Um, <laughs> is, is a probably good comment because it will never be done again. Nothing done. Ah, huge. And what did you think about just quickly still on tennis? What did you think about Ash Barty uh, retiring? Yeah, well, obviously it was a big shock at the time. She was at the peak of her powers and just looked like um, she was going to claim you know a lot more tournaments and Grand Slams. But in the other side, other sense, you know, I probably wasn't surprised. She uh, she seems like she's a little bit different and got a great balance in her life, I think. And she's obviously 
sacrificed a lot to get to where she's got um, and she wants to do other things so uh, but it was a surprise and good luck to her I hope that the next part of her career goes as good as what the, uh, the tennis career did Yes, that's true. No, I'm sure she'll be an amazing success at whatever she touches. Uh, now, we've got you on, uh, Todd, to talk about um, well, the Melbourne Collingwood and the big freeze. And um, it all revolves around uh, Neil Danaher and his MMD fight. And I just wanted to get your thoughts and your memories of Neil. And in particular, <laughs> the first time he rocked up to the Melbourne Footy Club and your first memories of uh, meeting Neil. Yeah, well, I was sort of a pretty exper- uh, experienced player. Uh, I reckon I'd played for probably uh, 10 years and um, thought I knew a fair bit of, about footy. And But Neil came in and it was a breath of fresh air, really. Um, and first, one of the first things he said to us as a group, we'd done a lot of you know, cross-training with our training with bikes um, and swimming so we'd all gone out and bought these magnificent uh, you know, $10,000 push bikes and had all the lycra and we had all the great swimming gear and one of the first things he said to us, he said boys I hear you've been doing a fair bit of bike riding and swimming um, in pre-season as well you can throw away your bikes and throw away your goggles <laughs> because footy's a running game in case you didn't know and we're going to run so uh, much to the disgust of everyone we lost a lot of money in buying all these fresh bikes <laughs> we went about uh, getting getting into the running side of things and um, we were in for a pretty torrid first pre-season but we did rebound pretty quickly we went from I think second bottom to uh, prelim final so we did rebound pretty quick yeah well, tell us about that. I was fascinated by that year and what, and what you achieved that year you were obviously that was your first year as captain as well I mean how early did Neil tell you about that and that he was changing from Gary Lyon to you yeah well, it was just something that probably unfolded over the pre-season um, you know Gary had obviously been struck down with a um, pretty bad back in previous couple of years and I had some surgery uh, and was trying to get back to full fitness and he couldn't do all the workload so I think um, it was probably in Neil's mind um, you know let's see how the pre-season works out Gary was probably struggling um, to do all the work and I guess he just thought it was time for a little bit of a change and to have have, uh, have a change up sometimes that happens with new coaches coming they like to shake things up a bit so um, I don't think I probably found out till the end of the pre- pre-season that he was going to appoint me as captain but you know I, I loved playing under Neil uh, he was a great mentor and I learned a lot about footy from him um, and I, I just sort of really clicked with him so it was great to get that opportunity to be captain of the footy club um, under under Neil Danner uh, I just want to ask too with all that running obviously didn't affect your, your biceps and uh, did you ever have a measure off with uh, Tingo in, in regards to who had the bigger bigger arms he <laughs> uh, was, uh, was an arm wrestle the, definitely the apprentice yeah he <laughs> was only he was uh, uh, him he loved his loved his gym stinger and uh, Andy Lovell at the time used to like getting into the gym but you know as I got older I started to steer away from the weights and um, just started to concentrate on being a bit lighter and a bit leaner and run a bit faster to keep Neil Danner happy and that year that you, you did go from near the bottom up to 
in your first year of captaincy there. What, what do you think it was? Was it? Do you put it down to that sort of pre-season or the whole change in in the in the fresh content as well? Uh, I think it was you know, the change after we probably had a lot of injuries in the previous previous year. I don't think we were really a second bottom team, but we had some injuries and um, you know a few things that were happening at the club at the time. So I think you know under Neil, it's just uh, breath of fresh air. You know he came in with a probably a really firm idea on how he wanted us to play, and he spent a lot of time educating us in the classroom about how we wanted to play offence, defence and stoppage structures which was the first time probably in my career that you know there was such detail around the game plan um, so we spent a lot of time on that and I think you know we had some young guys coming through it was just the perfect uh, time for, for a new coach to come in with new ideas to get the best out of the older guys and seeing some of those younger guys start to develop did you think you had it in you? I mean, you finished. You know, we got the um, you change of coach, and you know, you lose Barmy, then Craig Hutchison comes on board, and then you know, Joseph Goodnick gets Neil Danaher, and you had this really amazing preseason. Did you think you had it in this group to finish as high as you did that year? I mean, it was an incredible run. Even the two finals you played um, were just amazing for a team that finished last the year before. Yeah, no, I, I knew we were, as I said before, I, I think we were definitely better than where we were. Yeah. Um, but to get to that really pointy end of making making finals and then dominating really the uh, first couple of finals um, was pretty impressive. So I think, you know, my time, we, I, I was lucky enough to play in some finals, uh, a lot of finals early on. And I thought that was nearly one of my best opportunities to to win a flag um, unfortunately we got knocked out by a pretty good North team but I think no I think really, it was Kerry yeah. <laughs> it wasn't North yeah <laughs> not, a bad, not a bad player <laughs> um, so yeah no, we, I thought we had a pretty good opportunity once we were there we were right in it but couldn't yeah. quite get it done now a couple of losses to Melbourne over the last few weeks have you uh, spoken with Jack how's he feeling about things yeah, no, he's uh, he's disappointed, um, but positive in the same sense. You know, he uh, he feels like you know, um, and then particularly last week the game was a pretty close one. They were disappointed with the Fremantle game. Uh, he's still feeling really positive that they're going to um, you know rebound and you know still continue on to be one of the teams to beat this year. Um, so. Uh, but no, he's, he's confident they'll, they'll rebound. He's, I think he's always very positive, but I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be uh, in a positive mindset. Did you notice his game on the weekend, especially his first quarter? He was ferocious. Like, you could see that loss maybe stung him a little bit and he was trying to set it up very early. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think he's pretty much, um, you know, a pretty competitive sort of guy. And he sort of rebounds mostly. It's pretty hard. Um, so yeah, I think he tried to you know, get him up and going early. And um, you know, I thought he had a reasonable game, but we just uh, just couldn't seem to hold hold the momentum, particularly in the second quarter. And you know, we lost that momentum, and then the game ebbed and flowed a bit. But they really took their chances you know, towards the end of the game. 
and we missed a few. So mm. the, the competition's pretty close, and you, you've got to be right on your game um, to get the four points. What, what type of parent are you, Todd? I mean, we see um, Stephen Solvani in the crowd, and he's stone cold. He doesn't move. Um, we also see um, um, Dacos up in his box, and um, he gets all up and about and, you know, runs around and everything. What type of uh, parent are you watching Jack play? No, probably in the closer to the Steve Silvani mode. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, right. My wife gets very frustrated playing the footy with me because I, I don't clap, I don't break, I don't show any emotion. I think it's all those years either in the you know, in the coaching box, really, where you've got to just stay pretty cool and calm and just I'm probably watching the game still as a you know as a coach right. probably <laughs> um, but no I don't I don't I get cranky with her when she starts clapping and you know well done Jack well done Christian well done Angus well done Max and I, I sort of uh, think no just watch the game and if we win at the end then be happy <laughs> oh, very good I'm glad the coaching has rubbed off on you because you weren't bad at that yeah, how we? Yeah, keep going. No, so I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed the coaching, but um, I'm I'm enjoying watching it now from afar. But I need to uh, perhaps just loosen up a bit. And is this a must-win this week? Oh, right, well, it's, it's it's important. You know, you don't want to um, all the good work that you've done in the first part of the year. It's about building momentum, you know, getting uh, the wins on the board. And I've done that pretty well. I mean, they are still a game clear on top of the ladder, but you don't want to lose all that momentum and then have to, you know, regenerate it. Um, so winning's a habit, and I think uh, as soon as you get back into the winning mode, um, it's going to be the best best thing for, for the team and for the club. So it'd be nice to be able to win this week, Queen's birthday against Collingwood, who... You know, I've won their last two and have really improved from last year. And I've been a bit of a, you know, we've had some great clashes with them over a period of time. They beat us last year in Buckley's last game as coach. So um, they're looking, looking like they've improved. And you know, to put to bed the last couple of weeks and you know the stuff that's gone on this week, it'd be nice to get the four points on on a big day, which is so important for, for mm-hmm. the MND. And Neil Danner is such a you know a fantastic Melbourne Football Club person. It'd be nice to be able to get it done for him as well. Todd, before you go, family friend of mine, uh, Steve McCarthy's always banging on about. I think he played ten games at Melbourne. Do you do you remember playing with him? And if you do, you can say no. If you do, what was he like around the club? Yeah, he's, he's a uh, he's a ball of. Um, Energy, that's, that's what I'm saying. Cheek, Cheeky's uh, yeah. his nickname, so, yeah. Cheeky McCarthy, yeah. That's no, him. And he, he's still the same now if you run into him, <laughs> which he probably do. Yeah. He's full of energy, full of, uh, full of um, uh, fun. Yeah. Um, so, no, good good Melbourne person, Cheeky. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> He'd like to hear that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> hey, Todd, we might leave it there, mate, but uh, just tell, give us a prediction on uh, Monday. How much do Melbourne win by? I think uh, Melbourne are going to rebound and uh, get over the line. I reckon it'll be by 16 points. Fantastic. That's enough. (laughs) Really appreciate your time, Todd. It's always a thrill chatting to you. And uh, as a Melbourne supporter, it's an absolute honour to get you on our show. No worries, boys. Have a good uh, good night. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> you too. Thanks, Todd. Todd Viney, the ex-Melbourne captain, and uh, ended up coaching a few games. What a legend he was.